I want to pray for us one more time uh, as you can be seated and the pastors are going to come up. Lord, thank you again for this time. Speak to us today. We love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, friends. Smooth. What a joy it is to see your faces, even half covered. You look beautiful. It is so good to see you and so good to be together this morning. I'm just going to move this a little bit out of our way. We've got like masks, we've got Bibles, <laughs> microphones. Uh, well, what a privilege it is to pray together. Let's join our hearts together in prayer. God, you are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. You've never failed us yet. We want to praise you this morning for your faithfulness. Thank you that you are the solid rock that we can all hold on to. And in fact, you are holding on to us, even when we can't hold on ourselves. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for what you've seen us through in the last few months as a nation, as a world. Mm. Thank you for what you will continue to see us through. Thank you that our hearts can be at rest in you, even in the midst of turbulent times, in the midst of frightening pandemics, in the midst of change, in the midst of all the challenges that life brings us. You are faithful. Thank you that we can lift up to you all the needs that lie heavy on our hearts this morning, whether that's on a global scale or on a very, very personal scale. You see, Lord, and you know, and you care. We really believe that because that's what your word says. You've promised that when we pray, you always answer. So Lord, we lift up our burdens to you knowing that your spirit will be at work in new and healing ways because we are praying here together today. And Lord, we thank you that you've taught us to pray. So we pray together the prayer that you taught your disciples and now we are privileged to pray together. Our Father, Father, who who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning, Bemis Point, UMC. Woo! It, it doesn't feel quite the same as saying it on top of a bus. Uh, to, and I, I don't hear any car horns today. What's up with that? Yeah, no kidding. Hey, it's great, great, great to be back. How great is it to be back, to back in our building today? Yay! I mean, praise the Lord. It's good to know that God has been with us, whether we're in the building or not, which is huge. Um, just so thankful to be here. Uh, I want to encourage you to um, pull out your Bibles if you, if you brought them. 
I would usually tell you to pull the one out of the pew, but that'd be a trick question because all the Bibles are gone from the pews right now <laughs> for uh, safety purposes. But um, we're going to look at a couple scriptures, just read briefly a couple scriptures today. The first one is from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. And let's listen closely. This is God's word for us today. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far, the Lord has helped us. And then turning over to Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 24. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Friends, this is God's word for us today. Thank you so much, Lord, for your word. We've been reading it. We will continue to read it. We've read it for years. Some of us, it's new. That's fine, God. This is your love letter to us. This is your testament to us. And we hold on to it. It guides us. It gives us direction. It brings truth in a world that doesn't know what is up and down, doesn't know what is true and false. You guide us, God. We're so thankful for your word. We just pray that you will bless us with it today in Jesus' name. Amen. One of my favorite places in the whole world is the brook that runs behind my parents' house uh, in New Hampshire. It runs through some land that has been in my mom's family for generations. I don't know how many, three, maybe more. I've lived in this little corner of a little piece of land in New Hampshire. And this brook kind of runs out of the mountains and down through the woods and through a meadow that's behind my parents' house. And it is a great place to go on a smoking hot summer day. The water in that brook is freezing. <laughs> that's true. You gotta be brave. <laughs> to swim there, but if you can get yourself to go in, you'll feel cool and happy for the rest of the day, even after you're done swimming, because it like lowers your body temperature about 10 degrees, I think. <laughs> One of the things we love to do when we go to the brook is um, pick up stones. And the, the granite in that area is, is just full of really neat patterns and colors and and over the years, I keep finding stones and bringing them home with me. And then I say, I'm not going to bring any more stones home with me. And I have a whole bag of stones that I brought with me this morning. That's what you can see um, here in the front. I was walking in this morning with my bag of rocks, and it's really heavy. <laughs> and Bill said to me, you look like Charlie Brown uh, as he's trick-or-treating with a bag of rocks. <laughs> I can't help myself. I keep picking up more stones because they're so beautiful and they're unique. And I think, oh, well, I can't leave that one behind. It's got a, like a, a, a beautiful stripe in it or a unique color. I bring them home and I put them on my mantle in the summer and I put them around the front steps of my house because I want to remind myself. I want to remember that place of such beauty, that place where I feel somehow so at home. Do you have a spot that your soul just sort of feels at rest? That's my spot. 
and I want to remember that place. It's a, it's a place that reminds me of who I am and where I kind of recalibrate my life every summer when I get to be there for a little while. In Scotland, they have a, uh, uh, a saying that some places are, are thin places, places where you can sense God's presence, where the, the barrier between this world and the heavenly world is very thin. I feel like the brook is a, a thin place for me. These stones, they help me remember that. They're sort of, they're touchstones. Likewise, there are some stones, some stones of remembrance, as the Bible likes to call them, that we will be bringing with us, not in a bag, but in our hearts, <laughs> that we will be bringing with us as we move on to where God has called us. We'll be bringing, us, bringing with us these stones into the future. It's a really biblical idea, this idea of stones of remembrance. Pastor Bill just read this little moment from uh, 1 Samuel 7. And Samuel took a large stone and placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshana. He named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. It's, uh, it's interesting what is going on in that, that place in Samuel chapter 7. The Israelites have um, been in this back and forth obedience, disobedience thing with God as they were for literally hundreds of years. And um, they had recently been, uh, wow, that's not good. Anyway, they recently had been um, uh, invaded by, once again by the Philistines. The Philistines were people who showed up on the coast. Um, a couple hundred years before, and they were going to stick around for a while longer as well. And they were folks who had developed iron, and the Israelites only had bronze. And so they had the ability to really kind of beat them back time and time again. But God would come out and um, fight for the Israelites uh, when Israel was uh, asking him to. And when they were trying to do it on their own, um, they found out, as we all do when we try to live life on our own without God, um, it doesn't work so well. And so... Um, they had come to a point where they had uh, just recently brought the Ark of the Covenant, their, the most sacred worship uh, uh, item, uh, and had brought that out into battle thinking that this would be like a magic box that they could just uh, um, you know, kind of bring out and, uh, and defeat the Philistines. And so uh, God doesn't really like the idea of us you know, using him like magic. And so uh, he let the Philistines capture the Ark that doesn't go very well for the Philistines. Um, they, their own gods end up falling down in front of the ark, um, and they get these nasty tumors and everything. And, and finally they say, we don't want this thing anymore, and so they send it back to Israel. The Israelites get together to celebrate. This is a wonderful moment. Uh, the ark is back, and um, we're really going to worship the Lord now the right way. And they all get together in a big meeting, and Samuel's leading them. They offer a sacrifice. And they're praising God. Well, the Philistines hear that all the Israelites are together. And so they assume, oh no, they're, they're rallying for battle again. So the Philistines get their biggest army together. And they come trooping over the hill. And they're looking really, really scary with all their iron, you know, instead of bronze. And the Lord, it says, just uh, brought sort of a thunderstorm upon them and confuse them, and they end up running the opposite direction, the Israelites chasing them. They have this big win, that Israel does. And in the midst of that, or right, right after that, Samuel says, okay, everybody, stop. 
let's set this stone up as a stone of remembrance. Let, let's put this thing up. And he calls that stone Ebenezer. Now, I know when you and I hear Ebenezer, we think Ebenezer Scrooge, right? We think some old guy from the 1800s. So that's not what uh, this stone means at this time. It's, uh, it means the stone of help. And uh, Samuel says, thus far, the Lord has helped us. And this is a good time to look at it. Every time you walk past this stone, remember, God has helped us thus far. And the implication is, if he's helped us thus far, he's going to help us in the future as well. The, that verse, um, thus far, or this, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. In the King James, it, it says this, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. I can remember as a small child, uh, being at an anniversary celebration for my grandparents in Kansas. I can't remember what year it was. They were married 77 years before my grandfather passed away. So maybe somewhere around 50 years. In the church basement, you know how those anniversary celebrations are in the church basement. And there was a giant cake. I mean, it was like this size. And it had those words on it. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. And I remember just standing there looking and saying, hitherto, 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 hitherto. What is that word, hitherto? I couldn't figure it out. And I always stuck that verse in my mind. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. The Lord has helped us this far. That's what we've been sort of saying in our souls as we've been thinking about today how has God helped us up to this point what has God done among us in these seven years that we've been together so as we look back over these seven years we want to give God glory because he is faithful Amen. by lifting up some of the stones of what he has done among us and that we are really really thankful for well, it's fun to pick up stones, not just from the brook in New Hampshire, but every place I go, it's tempting to you know, pick up a stone or a shell or something. I have a stone from a little tiny fishing village in Northern Ireland where we got to go uh, uh, on vacation a long time ago, I forget. Pre-children, that's all you have to say. Yeah, ages ago. <laughs> back when we could do things like that, right? Just go to Ireland, <laughs> right? We, uh, we were in Northern Ireland, which is beautiful if you ever get to go there, and we had just visited this place where there's a rope bridge that goes from land out to an island, and I don't really like heights that much, but I walked across that rope bridge, and it was really cool, and there were dolphins swimming down below, which was oh, amazing. <laughs> And then we drove up a little bit and went to this little village and I picked up a really cool stone from there. That stone reminds me of trying new things, doing new things. And that is one of the stones that we are lifting up in Thanksgiving and Remembrance this morning about all of you because you are a church that is not afraid to try new things. You're not afraid to do something that God is putting in front of you that maybe you've never done before. And that is one of the beautiful things about this church that we celebrate and we have just loved so much. In Mark 2, chapter 4, in Mark chapter 2, verse 4, 
uh, is part of that story of um, Jesus being in a house and people are bringing people to him to heal and there's a man who's paralyzed. His friends want to bring him to Jesus but it's so crowded they can't get to him and so they dig a hole in the roof and they lower him down on ropes through the roof to get to Jesus. It's a great story. We're thankful that you have a similar spirit of adventure. In order to get people to Jesus, you're willing to think outside the box. You know, that's a sign of the Holy Spirit. You're willing to go outside of your comfort zones to make sure people get to meet Jesus. You welcomed a new model of ministry when we showed up and said, two pastors instead of one, (laughs) co-pastors, husband and wife. You... You said yes when we said, let's meet at 7 a.m. on Easter at the rest area to celebrate. Wow. Awesome. That's been great. You said yes when we said, let's try something so old that it's new, an Ash Wednesday service where we get ashes put on our forehead and we repent and pray together. You gave that a resounding yes. Let's buy a bus. So that the, the youth in our, in, our, in our church can go out into the community every day in the summer and pray with people and share the gospel and serve people. You said yes. We just really wanted to preach off the top of it. That's all I said. Preaching off the top of that bus was super fun, I gotta <laughs> say. I thought I'd be a little bit, you know, like vertigo, but actually it was really a lot of fun. So many other innovations that we've had to come up with in the last three months as we have not been able to meet together. I haven't heard any grumbling. I have other pastors say, oh, there's people in my church who are just giving me such a hard time about whatever, the quality of the live stream or how come we're not together or how come we are together. You all have had such a spirit of innovation and let's make this work and let's try something new. That's one of the things we'll always remember and praise God for, is your willingness to try new things. One of my stones comes from uh, a, a, a trip to China for two months where I was a missionary there taking Bibles into mainland China back in 1987. And while I was there, I had a chance to uh, travel up north to Beijing and uh, to visit the Great Wall. Now, the, the Great Wall is it's over 13,000 miles long. So when you go to visit the Great Wall, you're just visiting a a little section of it. And right near Beijing, they've actually kind of rebuilt that section. So when you get out on it, this is what you see all the pictures of when people are out on it. I mean, people say, well, hey, could we roller skate the Great Wall? No, you couldn't. You maybe could for like half a mile right near Beijing, but that's it. And um, anyway, they brought us out there to check it out. And um, I was... uh, I was uh, thinking, well, I want to see more than just this part. So I went out to the end. It was about a mile, actually, out uh, to the, the south end of it. And um, I looked around. Nobody was looking. This should kind of ring a bit. This should sound normal me, right? I was like, uh, I think I want to go further. So I jumped over the edge of the wall on the backside. It was like 10 feet up. And, um, and then I hiked down another valley and up to another uh, hill over here. And it was fascinating. It was the part of the wall that was the ancient part. It was the part that hadn't been rebuilt. And um, uh, back in the 1960s, the communists had encouraged the peasants to go to the Great Wall and take bricks off of it to, to, to build, to basically kind of, kind of um, uh, dishonor the past and to only look to the future. Uh, when I was out there, it was so fascinating to see this wall that's over a thousand years old uh, 
the, the part that was underneath, the foundation that was still there. It was, there were crumbling things, but it was still strong deep down. And what I want to uh, say here is that uh, this church is interested in the, the, the old things, the, the deep things, the true things. It reminds me of um, in Jeremiah 6.16, it says, Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. There's no desire here to throw out the things, the traditions of the past that have brought us here. This church has been faithful to want a strong orthodoxy, to want people to preach the truth, to look at the Bible and say, it doesn't matter what the culture is saying, what is God saying? What does God want us to do? How does God want us to live? That's the most important thing. This church loves the scriptures, loves to read, loves to learn, and loves to put them into practice. We've seen that over and over again. That sustained me through two really challenging general conferences. I knew people were back here praying for me. I knew that people back here would expect me to go and say, no matter what everybody else is saying, I will follow the Bible and I will do the right thing. This has been a wonderful church to preach to, to hold us accountable, to make sure that we go deep and, and that you respond. Uh, you, you've been so good at that. And you value traditional things. Uh, even uh, the traditional worship has been valued here. We do the lessons and carols. We do the Ash Wednesday service. We have a separate service for that because so much value. Thank you for keeping orthodoxy and keeping the truth and the ancient things which are our solid foundation. In 2017, um, I had a month of spiritual renewal leave. That's something that you uh, United Methodist congregations grant to your pastors every four years. We get to take a month to just go and renew our souls. One of the things I did on that trip was to go to the island of Iona off of Scotland, which is a place of prayer. It's a place where people from all over the world come and pray, and there's a beautiful old abbey there. I actually stayed at a, a retreat house called the House of Prayer, and I have a stone from Iona, of course, <laughs> because I couldn't resist bringing something back from there. As I think back about what are some of the most precious times that we've had together, and the things that I most have loved doing together, prayer, is one of those, those stones of remembrance, those stones that I'm giving thanks to God for his faithfulness about. When I think about all the things we've preached about, there were, we did two series, at least, on prayer. One was uh, what we called WWJP, What Would Jesus Pray? And we went through the Lord's Prayer, and we had small groups. And then last year we did Mountain Movers, where we talked about how God can move mountains when we pray. And we also had small groups for that, and we had a mountain out in our... Woo! Ooh. That was exciting. I don't think I did that. <laughs> that was the Holy Spirit, maybe. We had a mountain out in the gallery that you put post-it notes on of prayer requests and, and answers to prayer, and it was just... So wonderful to see that mountain fill up with prayer. And our little prayer group, that by the way, since we started doing it on Zoom, has about doubled in size. Our prayer group that has faithfully met through the cold winters and dark nights and small numbers, 
but some of you were always, always there to pray together every single week. This is a, a church of prayer, and we will always thank God for that. I have another stone. I think I failed to mention that I actually took one of those stones off the Great Wall of China. I'm probably in international violation of law for that. Anyway, <laughs> another stone comes from my uh, hike on the Appalachian Trail. It, um, it's a, a group of little stones that are made into a, a cairn that looks like the cairn on top of Mount Katahdin, which is the end of the Appalachian Trail in Maine. It's 2,167 miles from uh, Springer Mountain in Georgia. I hiked that in 1990, and um, every morning I got up, rain or shine, and I just kept walking. We used to say, no rain, no pain, no Maine. <laughs> and uh, so you just got to get up and keep walking. And perseverance was necessary. Uh, Lamentations, what we read earlier, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies, they never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. God has given us perseverance and strength. Every single day of my hike, God was faithful. Every single day of uh, here at BPUMC, God has been faithful. He's been faithful to give us uh, as a church, whatever we've needed for all the challenges that have come along, every single church has challenges. This church has weathered all sorts of challenges and weathered them well. There's always a new opportunity to trust the Lord and for the Lord to pour out his, new, his mercy new every morning. And we've seen that here day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. We've seen God pour out his mercy here and give us perseverance and strength as a church. BPMC has been a wonderful place to see that God is good in all circumstances. Well, as I said before, these stones from the brook at my parents' house remind me of my heritage, that my family has handed down to me, remind me of who I am. And they remind us of another stone that we want to lift up in thanksgiving to God this morning, and that is how all of you have nurtured our three children in the faith. That has just been such a huge gift to our family. First Thessalonians 2.8 says, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. And that is what you have done. You've shared not only the good news with our kids, but you have shared your lives with them. You have encouraged, chaperoned, transported, taught, mentored, and most importantly, you have loved our children. And as parents, that is priceless to us. And you haven't just done it for our kids, you've done it for generations of young people, children and youth growing up, that are now uh, out in the world, sharing the good news, living for Christ, and that is because of what you have invested in them. And it's not just been our youth leaders, although that's been huge, it's been volunteers of all ages. Last year up in the youth room, we had people teaching our youth from in their 20s into their 80s. That's amazing. We have people who volunteer with our children and our youth who aren't parents, who have never been parents, but they want to pour into this next generation. One of our favorite uh, moments was uh, a few years ago, uh, it was a summer day and Bill came home from somewhere and he said, well, 
you know, where's Katie? Because she wasn't in the house. And I said, oh, she went zip lining at uh, Peak and Peak with Lynn Peterson. <laughs> Those of you who know Lynn Peterson know she's not your typical youth volunteer, right? She's a, she's a little up there in years. She had called Katie and said, hey, my granddaughter's here. I want someone to go zip lining with her. You want to come? And so Katie was off ziplining with the Petersons. It was great. And so many of you have been adopted parents and grandparents to our kids. The fruit that our children will bear for the kingdom of God is in large part because of you and all that you have poured into them. So thank you. We will always hold up that stone of remembrance and say thank you to God for that. My last stone is uh, really a little piece of concrete um, from the Berlin Wall. My sister was living in Berlin as a missionary to Muslims there in West Berlin in 1989. And on the night of November 9th, she heard crowds out in the street. They were all heading to the wall. She joined them. They all walked down there. And there were people chanting and shouting. People got up on the wall. My sister got up on the wall. She saw Dan Rather there from CBS News and waved at him, and he waved back at her. And there were all these people who were chipping pieces off the wall. They were, uh, in, in German, they called them Mauerspechte, which means wallpeckers. Not woodpeckers, <laughs> but wallpeckers. And they were out there. They were chicken, chipping little pieces of concrete. She brought a little piece of concrete of the Berlin Wall back to me. To me, that represents freedom, people being freed from oppressive uh, um, regimes from uh, the oppression they were experiencing. Here at BPUMC, we have seen freedom. We have seen people come to faith. We have seen people grow in their faith in powerful ways. People experiencing freedom in Christ and uh, coming to Jesus. Uh, Matthew 28, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. That fruitful ministry has been a great thing to see. Every confirmation class that comes through every year, it's so much fun just to hang out with these youth and to talk to them and see them really own their faith. 73 people have been baptized here in the last seven years. We're so excited about that. Both at, uh, out at Connolly's Pond, um, one person at Barcelona Beach, um, uh, one person at Camp Bethany, I see you out there, Abby, and um, of course folks uh, here in, in the worship center and in the sanctuary as well at the worship font, at the baptismal font, and then of course in the big old horse trough in the gallery where we've been dunking people for about five years now, I think, maybe six. That's been so fun, watching people uh, release the, the tethers of... Um, uh, of uh, um, of sin and saying, I want to follow Jesus. I want to become uh, a follower. And not only just following, but also saying, um, I want to grow. So uh, teach me, um, help me, put me into service. Uh, put, help me learn how to give, how to tithe. Help me have a heart for following Jesus in every part of my life. We've seen that. And that's one of the greatest things that we walk away from here saying, Wow, it's been great to reflect. We've been reflecting the last couple months at so many really amazing things that have happened here. We're so grateful for God and his powerful work that he has done here among us. You know, um, we're thankful. And 
were clear and have always been, I hope that you know this, that this is about Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is about following God. This is about being filled with his Holy Spirit. So the very first word I preached to you and the very first sermon that we brought here was this word, Jesus. Hmm. Do you remember that? That's the last word that I want us to say. Let's <laughs> say it together. Jesus. 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 Woo! Amen. Amen. God, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the center of it all. We give you praise and honor. We love you. We worship you. We know it is really, truly all about you, and we love you so much. Thank you that you are the ruler of Bemis Point UMC. You reign here. You are Lord and you are Savior, and we hold on to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I want to set this back down. Yeah. By the way, it's been really good to not be able to see your faces this entire time. It's helped us preach a lot. I know. This does not fit over a microphone. <laughs> we'll keep our distance. How's that? Well, I wrote some notes. Because uh, otherwise I'd forget. Getting old. But... Uh, it's great that you had this journey thing going on here because you're going to go on another journey. <laughs> yeah. So Bill and Kristen, uh, on behalf of Bemis Point United Methodist Church, uh, we thank you for your ministry. Thank you. Uh, and support for BPUMC. Katie, Emily, Will, uh, we thank you for your support of your mom and dad uh, through this good times and some of these difficult times. I bet you have a lot of lists of difficult times with them. <laughs> you can come on up. No, no. <laughs> Will, Will, I know you're going to get taller than your dad. <laughs> He's got an inch to go. <laughs> so you guys are faced with another journey that God has uh, placed before you. Uh, so we pray that God will give you guidance. Guidance for the daily paths that you'll follow. Uh, we pray that uh, he will give you wisdom for the counsel you're, you're going to uh, give to your new congregations. We pray uh, God will give you compassion for those you are called upon to help. We pray for strength to stand for what is right and true, even when you face opposition. 
We pray God will give you courage to press on. Perseverance, we talked about that. You talked about perseverance. Yep. Perseverance to follow the desires he has placed in your hearts. So we have appreciated your ministry, uh, your calling and gifts. We thank you for the persons you are in Christ. We wish you and your family well, and we just say thank you again for your support. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much. Do you want to give Mike germs there, uh, Gerald? Morning, everybody, and I do not have notes. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Quite amazing that in the last three months, how different the world has changed, changed in many directions for all of us. And, and our first Sunday back is the Allen's last Sunday with us. Um, how grateful we are to come together this morning to yeah. celebrate them in this way. But <clears throat> just going back a little bit, um, it was maybe seven years ago, the Allen family, uh, Pastor Bill, Pastor Kristen, Emily, Katie, and Will, made their way from Olean just down 86, Route 86, and joined us approximately seven years ago. And during that time, I've had the, the opportunity and the privilege to work with them in uh, many different ways. And first of all, I'd just like to thank them for that opportunity. Um, they are so rooted in Bemis Point. They are so faithful. They have great insight. They're dedicated and loyal to Bemis Point. And I'd like to thank them for working with me as I have worked with them. So I appreciate that. And I know the time has come that we must say goodbye. That we must send them back down 86 to a uh, new community, two, two new communities down in the Finger Lake regions, which is absolutely beautiful. And I know they're going to serve that community well, as well as they've done Bemis Point with dedication, loyalty and they'll fit in perfectly. So at this time, what I'd like to do is welcome up uh, the rest of the Allen family. If you'd please come up. So in saying goodbye and offering you new a new journey into your community. I know there's many ways that you can uh, explore your new area. The Finger Lakes is a beautiful region. I know you're into adventure. Uh, we're going to try to give you uh, the adventure and give you some new heights to explore and check out your community. So in doing that, uh, the congregation, the staff, and SPRC would like to give you, or provide to you, a treetop view of, our, of your new community, a hot air uh, blue no. ride for the entire family. <laughs> Woo! That no awesome. way! That is so cool. Also, we'd like to offer you an adventure in a New York kitchen. Classes, dinner for both. Nice. A musical voyage at the GMAC Marvin Sands Performing Arts Center oh. under the stars oh. in the amphitheater. Wow. Oh. A sunset dinner at Nolan's on the Lake. Wow. Oh my goodness. A journey through the trails with a new helmet or other needed equipment at Maddie's Motorsports for snowmobile. No, yes, all right. 
<laughs> a tasty mission to find your pizza joints, your ice cream stands, local diners, and other hidden gems in the Finger Lakes. We wish you well. Uh, we thank you for your so service. Nice. <laughs> thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> thank you. That's cool. While Tom's coming up, um, here. <laughs> Thank you. That is so, wow. Overwhelming. Wow. Amazing. Wow. We are so grateful to you guys. Truly, truly, truly grateful. I do have notes. <laughs> uh, mainly to help me get through this. This is at once a sad and joyful day. Mm -hmm. um, interestingly, the spirit... Uh, tends to rattle scriptures around in my head from time to time. And uh, I was given for the first time in my life a word of knowledge in January when my wife and I were at Cedar Key, Florida. We were drinking coffee, looking out over the Gulf of Mexico, and the Holy Spirit said to me, Bill and Kristen are leaving. Hmm. Where will you go? <laughs> and uh, so when Janelle uh, called me to ask me to speak here this morning, uh, it was interesting for me because uh, these scriptures were all rattling around in my head for the past several months, and I knew exactly then what they were for. <laughs> I can clearly recall when Bill related the story of how he and Kristen first learned of Dan McBride's retirement <laughs> and how sorry he felt for whoever was going to get that call. <laughs> well, guess who got the call? <laughs> Thankfully, we're glad. We're glad. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, Bill and Kristen answered that call with a resolve that only the Holy Spirit can give. Mm -hmm. So let me honor them as they have so often honored God in this place out of his holy word. Proverbs 24.10 says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Hmm. Lord, thank you that Bill and Kristen did not faint and that their strength was anything but small. Mm -hmm. We've watched them uh, live and teach Jesus' two great commandments from Luke 27, uh, 10, 27 and 28. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with, all your, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Do this and you will live. They have loved us well. Thank you, Lord, for loving pastors who have loved this place in a, in a way that is difficult to describe and particular to each and every one of us. Thank you for that, Lord. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says this, The righteous who walks in his integrity... Blessed are his children after him. Emily, Katie, and Will certainly have righteous parents. <laughs> and we have been so blessed by their presence and actions among us. Thank you, God, for a godly family, for an example, for an example that is uh, just uh, hard to imagine a better one. And so, Lord, thank you for that. I've recalled that during Bill and Kristen's time here, as Kristen mentioned, our, prayer, our little prayer ministry, 
uh, I sat down and figured out how many hours it was that we <laughs> that we've prayed together, and it was nearly 600 hours wow. over the years. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> and First uh, Thessalonians 5:17, uh, one of my favorite verses, states simply what they have done, and that's pray without ceasing. So, Lord, we thank you that they uh, that they have done this and that we will carry on as they have given us an example. So, Lord, thank you for that. A verse we often prayed, and I doubt if it was consciously, but, we, uh, but it was prayed over so many times in, in our prayer ministry over the years, uh, really became a, a major theme in their ministry, and I'm not even sure they were cognizant of it. It comes from Hosea 6.3. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. Mm. His going out is as sure as the dawn, and he will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. Lord, thank you that they have indeed encouraged us to press on, because there have been times <laughs> of trial. And uh, Lord, if anything, they have taught us to keep on keeping on, as the saying goes. Finally, over these uh, past few years, Bill and Kristen have reminded us over and over again that we have a vital mission commanded by Jesus himself to make disciples. Mm. We must conform to the word to be like Jesus. He is a discipler. And Proverbs 24:11 speaks eloquently to how we can best honor Bill and Kristen's heart for us. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. <laughs> Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. Lord, thank you for pastors who have shown us this. And help us to obey that commandment. So may pray over you. Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much for Bill and Kristen, and Emily, and Katie, and Will. You have so richly blessed us through them. Lord, Bill and Kristen have led and taught us well. They have poured out their lives as a drink offering for us. We pray that you would now use us in battle as weapons forged and honed by master craftsmen for the heat of battle. Use us, we pray, to help Jesus thwart the evil one's schemes to rob, kill, and destroy the lost and the wounded in an ever more chaotic and dangerous world. We thank you, Lord. We ask you that you would empower this entire family with your Holy Spirit, mm and guard their hearts forevermore. Amplify and bless the lifelong ministries of Bill, Kristen, Emily, Katie, and Will. Remind us, that, remind us as we part that this will only be a short separation. <laughs> For we will glorify and worship you together again with them in the new Jerusalem. Yes. We pray this in the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 <laughs>